This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. I am your host, Peter Nicolaitis, and with me, as always, my co-host, Adam Bell. Hello, the other host. What's up? <laughs> yeah, well, we alternate. By now, <laughs> our dear listener, you know that we tag team this thing, and so sometimes he's the host, I'm the co-host, sometimes I'm the co-host, he's the host, and what difference does it make? Absolutely none. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, it, it, yeah. And this is episode 39. It is. Wow, man. You know, it's starting to feel like an old man. <laughs> it's we're this is the last birthday for 39. We're going to be in the 40s. That's it. Yep, it's over <laughs> it's it's over the hill after this. <laughs> well, if we were if we were women, we wouldn't have another birthday for at least another decade. Right. <laughs> well, they asked me, at, you know, Krav Maga, they were saying, how's your 21st birthday? And I was like, the, like, what, the second time around? What, what, you know, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> so, anyway. It, it was fine the first 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my birthday celebration, though, we went out uh, after we recorded last time, and it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a rarity. I, I consumed three alcoholic beverages in one day. <laughs> Which is a lot for me. And yeah. Even though it was over the course of an evening, over several hours, I had uh, some kind of lightish thing, uh, followed by a barley wine. And my friend, <laughs> I use the term loosely, Charlie, <laughs> bought me a uh, vodka martini to finish the night off. Yeah, and, a friend um, doesn't do that. he he didn't show up for class the next morning i was there practicing and what did our teacher have us do dennis who was on the podcast how did he have us open up class uh burpees no (laughs) no no. but they almost resulted in burpees though uh front (laughs) kicks to the stomach oh uh that's worse that's worse than burpees yeah, yeah. Not, not blocking, not defending, just take it. I was like, yeah, it was touch and go there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, man. I, I really would feel, I, mean, I feel sorry for you in that, but I'd really feel sorry for your partner. Yeah, I would be able to keep it together. <laughs> he was good. Now, had it been Charlie, as was you know supposed to be the plan, had he actually shown up, mm-hmm. I would not have felt sorry for him. <laughs> Yeah. Because he deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. All so, right. So uh, before we get into anything like serious or whatnot, mm-hmm. I have like chips on my shoulder here. I, I have like here, here. See, see this this is a chip. I'm putting it right yeah. on. Yeah. You can't see SD this chip. Not, this is not a video <laughs> podcast, but I just put a chip on my shoulder. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's actually the right thing, but I am feeling grumpy today. Mm-hmm. So I, I could be grumpy about the snow, but I'm not. It's fine. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit grumpy about the snow removal bill because it costs an arm. You said the snow bill? You have to pay the snow bill? Like somebody to do it or the city yeah. throws a tax on you? No. no, 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 no. The city would never be so progressive as to actually provide a service that you would get taxed for. No, <laughs> no, no. They just enforce that you do it. But oh, uh, <laughs> so we, we have a company come and um, they shovel and they do a really good job. They shovel, they snow blow out in between the cars and they plow the, the, the parking lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they do a pretty nice job. So um, 
that's that's all great. But you know, it's like it, it, that these things add up. You mm-hmm. know? Oh Still yeah, it's not cheap. So, so I'm not really really grumpy about that though. I am grumpy, however, about the um, the cost of shipping you a server. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. It was ten uh, percent the cost of the server. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I didn't make that up. It was $93 to ship to you. That was the slowest option. And and, and you was, provided a box. I boxed it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, man, that, that, that hurt. <laughs> it so, hurts. But, uh, you know, in, in all fairness, if if I had to get you a server that yeah. <laughs> for $90 all the way to Boston, I'm like, totally worth it. In the grand scheme of things, you know, moving like 40 pounds of metal and plastic and transistors, you know, hundreds and hundreds of miles in the span of a few days, it's really not that bad. But yeah, we're kind of spoiled. Yeah, we got spoiled. But I I do know that it will be handled with care as it's Uh tossed into the back of a truck. (laughs) I thought you were going to say as it's drop kicked off the back of the truck. Like Uh those fish in the market. They throw them, and the people watch. Yeah, <laughs> there's <Yeah>. the server. <laughs> Bingo! Exactly. Did you um, have you ever read the book uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? I have. I actually you... don't think I finished it, but I did read like I bet I've read it all. Okay. Well, if you've ever done any sort of sales, that's like one of the yeah. main you know first things they they make you do. But I, I think he was really ahead of his time. But um, there's a chapter where he talks about all of the abundance and the greatness, you know, of the today. And he talks even then at the turn of the last century. Yeah, that, that book's got to be like 100 years old now. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know. Um, he talks about how um, how cheap it is to for all these things that we enjoy. And, you know, like for a number of cents, you could, you know, have someone uh, go down and, you know, swim down to the Amazon and fresh you, uh, fetch you fresh oranges for this orange juice that you're having. And it goes through all these these examples. And I was just like, that's pretty amazing, you know, that uh, you think about that and all that, you know, we take for granted. And what first class piece of mail now is what, 50 cents or something like that? It was 40 something cents for a. I think it's like 49. I don't know. I know it goes up regularly all the time, and I bought a bunch of forever stamps, and I mail like one piece of mail a month. Yeah. So I don't even know. But yeah, you think about it for a cost of 50 cents, which is basically nothing. You know, you can transport a letter with a fair degree of probability that it'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Usually, you know? Usually, yeah. So, yeah, I did and, get. You know, I did get mail back from a uh, from a mailer that I sent in June of 2016. Like, uh, I mean, it was a marketing letter, and I sent it, and I got it back last week. It's returned mail. <laughs> Return. It came back returned to sender from June 2016. Well, what's the rush? Yeah, <laughs> it was in town too. <laughs> Wow, I thought my personal house was bad because we've had like routinely taking things take over a week to get from Massachusetts up to Vermont, or um, and when they forwarded mail like uh, for our old address in Vermont, forwarding down here takes mm-hmm. a month. Oh man! For them to like figure out, they're like, oh, he's the, he's on the move pile. He's making extra work for him. Put him in the purgatory pile over there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I'm 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 a little bit grumpy about that. I'm 
I'm really grumpy about my upstairs neighbor who, <laughs> despite the fact I'm pretty sure she's a uh, small Asian girl, sounds like a bleeping elephant. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a heel walker, huh? Oh my God. My <laughs> drink, my beverage, I just I just uh, texted them. He has tenants. Uh-huh. And I told him, I said, I've got my water sitting here on my desk i can see it shaking <laughs> now now my neighbor upstairs is a pretty big guy you know he's a he's a little I, probably about about your size but maybe a little stockier uh-huh you know, so i can kind of understand if i can hear him but this girl is like you know probably just over 100 pounds and <laughs> i'm like are you actively stomping on the floor is that what you're doing because it sure as hell sounds like that's what you're doing down here feels like it but not only that i'm also a little ticked off at stupid distributors and Uh god save you you just signed up with lifeboat right uh now i moved on (laughs) well they wouldn't respond back to it because i didn't want to give them my bank account and i was like i will give you my credit card number Yep. But uh, they didn't respond back, so I already had distribution with uh, Insight, and they sell Sophos. Insight. Oh. So I was like, all I want is Sophos. They're, they're, they're a distributor-distributor? They're not just like a retail? I've never heard of Insight. Uh, I think so. I think they're a distributor. If they're not, I'll sign up with Ingram Micro or something. <laughs> I've got tech data, but they don't sell they don't Sophos. Sophos. DMH yeah. does... Um, the problem I found is like th- you really are dealing with the evil of lessers on these guys. <laughs> I mean, and it, Synex, knock on wood, has had the most consistent run because in my experience, and I had I had this conversation with Justin and um, and Kevin on several occasions at producers club meetings. Um, what happens with me? There's sort of a uh, a uh, pattern where uh distributor starts off great and they're responsive and they're fast they're affordable and they're accurate and they get my stuff done mm-hmm. and uh then time goes by and they always start to get complacent and sloppy and expensive mm-hmm. and when that happens that's when i look around at another you know uh another distributor yeah uh, lately synex has been Fairly reliable. They've been doing pretty good with me, so I'm I'm happy about that. Um, but uh, they don't carry Sophos, so uh-huh. I have an account with D and H, and I I literally it must have been five times told my account rep stop spamming me, <laughs> stop sell you know telling me like oh we've got all these specials we've got all this stuff I was like we purchase things when we need equipment we purchase just in time we Uh do not stock anything i am not interested in hearing about things you have on sale i will never buy them stop sending this to me (laughs) yeah so finally i made a filtering rule and i was Uh like all right everything from you is now spam Nice. Yeah, and I told him this. I told the guy, like, look, the next time I hear from you, you know, an unsolicited message like this, I'm adding you to my junk list. And he kept on adding me back to his uh, his spam list. So I stopped dealing with DNH. Problem is, Lifeboat. I've had I had um, I had a couple of account managers. One of them was really good. The other two are idiots. Mm-hmm. 
and my current one is is awesome. So like we got billed by accident for a product that we never ordered. And it's showing up on our monthly subscription uh, invoice for software that we resell. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, we are being billed for this. We never ordered this. Yeah. The guy emails back, well, what do you want from us? Uh. <laughs> really? Yeah. You really have to ask. Yeah. I, I just wanted to know what time it was. You know, I figured, and, and now that I can see that in the timestamp of your email, I'm good. Yeah. No, you idiot. I want you to take it off my bill. <laughs> yeah, and reimburse oh. me for the things that I didn't buy. Yeah, and he's like, well, I need the purchase order number for it. I'm like, we don't have a purchase number order because, purchase order number because it's a cloud purchase. So we buy it through the Sophos Partner Console, uh-huh. and we say, I have this many things. The problem is we never put that thing on here. So we never ordered this product. Mm. It just magically shows up on our bill. So the distributor replies today, well, we only bill what we're told you to do. What do you want us to do about it? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not paying for it. You can <laughs> yeah. do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that, that's got me grumpy. Oh, 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 the other thing too. Um, people who don't pay their bills. Oh, well. They, they make me angry. So I've gotten this year is the year where I'm like, it's amazing that within an hour of my taking that action, suddenly they call and they want to pay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that works. But but for months, they were ignoring their notices of late payment. Mm-hmm. But you turn them off and they notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, huh. I, I, uh, I had one, one client who was, it was a doctor's office. And so... And they were a very successful practice. And they were three months behind. I, I was like, guys, if you do not pay this, I'm gonna turn it over I'm gonna turn it over to a collection agency and, and here's the collection agency that I'm gonna use. All of a sudden, I start getting phone calls. <laughs> I'm like, Why would you do this? I mean, I've been polite, I've been you know <laughs> even even when I was telling them I'm gonna turn it over just so it'd go away because it's not going to mm-hmm. get paid. Yeah. And they did. I, I, some people just, they act like that. That You know, I can, look, if if there's extenuating circumstances, if you're having hard times, if you know, you're having a little bit of cash flow problems or something, say something. Oh, yeah. Tell yeah. us about it. We'll work with you. We'll do something. But don't expect us to just extend you lines of credit for free ad infinitum. And, you know, it's like, come on. <laughs> And keep keep processing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like there's money coming out of our pockets to render you these services, <laughs> yeah. or there's time, which is, in my you know, uh, in my opinion, more valuable than money in many circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you expect me to just give this for free? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. So yeah. And then my final gripe for the day is uh, Home Depot. Home Depot. Home Depot. So I, uh, you remember we talked about the window blinds problem that I have? Yeah, yeah, and they okay. were under warranty. They were under warranty. Great. So they shipped them out, and then um, I got a text a week ago or so. Now the manager there told me I'm going to have these shipped right back. They'll come directly to you. I said, great. Send them right directly back to me. That's wonderful. Um, got a text last week saying your order is ready for pickup in store. It will be here on February 7th. 
Like, all right, it's less than two miles away. I will just go and get it. You know, a little yeah. disappointing that I was promised one thing and told another, but whatever. I'll go pick them up. No big whoop. Then I got a message saying, oh, um, your order is rescheduled for pickup on February 15th. Like, well, wait a minute. It was, was it, just there. <laughs> it was just there. What, what happened to it? So I called on the weekend, and after getting transferred around and put on hold literally for 10 minutes, guy comes in and says he can't find it. I'll call you back. He never calls me back. <laughs> so <laughs> then I got a phone call after that saying, oh, your order is in. You can come pick it up anytime. Uh -huh. So I called yesterday to say, all right, is it really there, and are there two pieces there? Because uh -huh. there were two different things, and I'm just wondering, maybe the reason, you know, one was there last week and one isn't, maybe that's why I'm getting these dual notices, right? Mm -hmm. The guy says, no, they're both here. Everything, you, you can come and pick it up anytime. Sweet. But, but, but give, us a, give us a call ahead of time just to make sure we're ready. It's like, what, you have to go out and, like, harvest the window blinds from the garden <laughs> or something? Do I need to make a reservation? I mean, you know, given, given the, uh, the quality of service that I've been getting here, I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to calling ahead of time to make sure it's there. I'm also not convinced it's going to do any good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know if you can see. Well, no, you can't see behind me anymore. I've got shelves uh, install, or in process of installing. Well, I've got a pocket door back there. A well, pocket. pocket door. So now, our listeners cannot see, but I can take a uh, a screenshot, <laughs> and we what? can add that to the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's tough to see the pocket door now. But so I I was putting one in a bathroom, and I ordered one from Home Depot, and I saw it on the screen, great big pocket door, and I ordered it, and I thought I read the description clearly, but I will say that I probably did not because, it, uh oh. You still there? Oh, yep. you shared a photo. I, I thought that was the sound of Skype failing. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> so so anyway, so I ordered it. I show up and uh, pick up, and they bring it out. And they're like, bring out this little box. I mean, it's it's not, I mean, it's probably three feet long, or and then, you know, seven or eight inches thick and ten inches. And I was like, um, I'm expecting a great big pocket door. Um, no, this is it. I'm like, but this doesn't... So I had to assemble the pocket door yeah. completely. It was not what I expected. And I did it, uh, and it was it was okay. So the next time I went to... Well, I needed another one. I went to Lowe's, and I was expecting the little chintzy pocket door that I got and had to assemble. Bought it for the same price as Home Depot, and it came pre-assembled, and it was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that you bought a door from Home Depot because uh, right on uh, New Year's Day, I bought a door from Home Depot. Also, my uh, so I have a rental property, a couple of them, and mm -hmm. um, my uh, one where I have some tenants, they complained that uh, the closet door was not hung properly. And, you know, prior, some somewhere, I remember it had been kind of problematic. So somewhere along the lines, a previous tenant had probably just banged into it and you know, it was one of those folding doors that's on rails on oh, the top yeah. and the bottom. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, it's a bifold door. So even even perfect, they're not great. Yeah. So <laughs> so I looked at you know fixing it, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to try this myself. So I got onto TaskRabbit to, and I, I called three different contractors. Nobody would even return my calls. Got onto TaskRabbit and found a guy, but 
getting someone to schedule them with my tenants because the tenants, oh, no, we, we prefer to be here when he's there. I'm like, okay, that's great. Um, it's a pain in the butt trying to schedule you guys because you're never around. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I know that I, my lease specifically says that I can enter the, or, you know, in Massachusetts law says I can enter the property with, with notice, mm-hmm. you know, for, for justified reasons. So I could just say, look, I'm coming in to do these repairs, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm trying to be nice. And so I, I didn't yeah. do that. Um, so then um, I found out like oh okay you know what i I took it to home depot took the door the original door and Mm -hmm. i was like i need to either fix or replace this Mm -hmm. and the guy there looked at it and says you're gonna be better off just replacing it Mm -hmm. i was like okay what do i need he looks at it measures it he's like oh this is a standard 78 by 32 door i was like hallelujah (laughs) you know don't have to have something custom built you know, what's it cost? I found the cost, and, but they didn't have any there. But they had some in the neighboring town. So I drove over to the neighboring town's Home Depot, and I said, do you have one of these? And they're like, yes. And we have one that was pre-opened, so we can knock 30% off the price. I was like, I'll take it. That's <laughs> great. Took it, brought it over, and I said, all right, I will, um, you know, call a contractor. Give me some days and times that work for you, and I'll arrange for it. And the tenant says, uh, you know, actually, I think we can probably handle it. It doesn't look that hard. We can handle the installation. It's like, Wonderful. <laughs> so I had reached out to two contractors on TaskRabbit, and one of them emailed me back and said, "Hey, haven't heard back, and you know, you're still interested in this." And I was like, "I should probably check and see, you know, if they've actually done it because mm-hmm. it was it's been a month now." Yeah. Right. So just wondering, you guys all set with that door? Uh, no, it's the wrong size. It doesn't fit. I'll leave it outside, and you can come pick it up. <laughs> I'll leave you it outside. You waited 30 days to not tell me anything about this? Thanks. Thanks a lot. I said, <laughs> I took the original door and had it measured. I'm not sure. So I was like, let me come take a look. So I went over, took a look. I'm like, no, it's the right size, dude. Because <laughs> the door is like, oh, it's it's several inches too short. Well, no, when you put these, you know, when you mount these bifold doors, there's mm-hmm. like a little rail, you know, like a monorail type thing on the top and on the bottom. And that's space that adds space yeah so it's not several inches it's like an inch on each side that's two two is not several (laughs) (laughs) it's like you know that that really looks like the right thing and if i had a little more time i would try to do it right now but i don't so Mm -hmm. you know yeah anyway so i called my uh former neighbor who lives in the same building there because she's like I, i call her the um the, the long lost uh, stepdaughter of Bob Vila because she is like <laughs> super handyman. Like, can you do me a favor? I will pay you in cash or in beer if you could, <laughs> you know, please hang this door for me so it gets done right. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that that problem goes to bed soon. All right. Oh. Well, I've got a, well, I've got a question <laughs> for you. Ask away. Okay, so you're a, I mean, you are a big fan of Sophos, and um, I am wanting to offer Sophos to my clients. Yes. And and I and they do they do have a great product and they've got great support and so far everything I've seen about them is great, but I don't have any implemented. Right. But I want to start implementing those and replacing my sonic walls. Hmm. What I don't know how to do is tell my clients the difference between a sonic wall and a Sophos and why they should buy it. I mean, I know why. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I think what I'll do is I'll sell that in two ways. One, we'll get you a sonic wall and it will block stuff. We can't 
do anything else but block stuff. Mm-hmm. Or we can go with the Sophos and we can block stuff, report stuff, prevent attack stuff, give you reports. You know, <laughs> that was what I was thinking. What do you think? Uh, you're trying to sell features, not benefits. Okay. Now you're you're the one who's still paying thousands I... <laughs> of dollars a month for marketing and sales training. Why are you asking me yeah. this? <laughs> well, I mean, because you know the product better than me. So those, okay, those are features. What are the benefits? Okay, so cybersecurity. <laughs> <laughs> well, benefits. Okay, here's one feature that I really like: um, being able to tell. Uh, okay, benefit. Benefit. Reclaiming lost productivity due to employees screwing around while surfing the web. Okay. You are paying your staff to screw around and surf the web. Mm-hmm. You don't believe me? Put this in. <laughs> we will see how much time and what websites they are acting uh, accessing while mm-hmm. you are paying them. And if there isn't any, run that, I'll take the unit back. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you that your people are watching videos on YouTube, chewing up bandwidth with music, BitTorrent, inappropriate, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing right there. Okay, so we can reclaim lost productivity, and you, you could, we could also find out what bandwidth why? Yep. We don't have enough bandwidth. Why? Why? Because everybody's streaming music and watching cat videos. <laughs> oh, and there's that dude running his private little web server out of, out of the back of your little, uh, you know, ten-person office too. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Found that once. That was awesome. It's like, what are you guys doing? You're serving a web server out here. They're like, no, we're not. I'm like, uh, yeah, but you kind of are. Kind of. Kind of. What about what about executive reporting, like something that you'd give to an executive so that they can see a something that they could understand? Go ahead. Here's the top ten websites that your people are accessing. Uh huh. Right, and you can see like breaking it down, and I have found usually the top ten are an eye opener because within the top five you will have YouTube and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And while I am somebody who uses YouTube and sometimes Facebook for legitimate business purposes, mm-hmm. I assure you that unless you're in like video production or in marketing and stuff, mm-hmm. you're not using it enough to justify being in your top five or top 10 of bandwidth consumption. Okay. So yeah. so that's a, a big one. Um, seeing people who send lots of emails. Who are your mm-hmm. top mail senders and top mail recipients? Mm-hmm. That one's useful. Yeah. I like that one because they're like, why is that person over there sending so many emails? And then you find out, oh, that person over there is kind of slacking off and wasting time. And, oh, that person also corresponds to the highest percentage of uh, web traffic <laughs> because, <laughs> because they're a professional internet time waster. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so those or, are a couple of things there. Or they could have a virus on their computer that's spamming email. Bingo. That's in the, the next thing is inappropriate and unintended use of mm-hmm. resources. 
all of a sudden you find, uh, you know, it can be very useful for troubleshooting. Uh, we, I don't see it that much these days as file transfer services have gained in popularity, but um, we see uh, we we've seen cases in the past where people try to send a giant email like a 50 megabyte attachment mm -hmm. and you know 50 megs these days is not that big a deal but this was you know a few years ago and it was quite huge yeah um and it would try to connect try to connect try to connect and then the mail server would time out mm -hmm. so then it would try to connect again <laughs> And it would never finish because right. the timeout would always be reached. So as a result, this one secretary's computer was bogging down the entire internet connection and making it so that nobody could send mail mm -hmm. because it was just you know saturating it. One take, one quick look at the firewall would tell you why is this machine sending so much email constantly? Yeah. So it gives you an idea. It lets you more quickly resolve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, out of the box, it includes remote access capabilities. So mm -hmm. the owners have a secure way to get back into the office and access their stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when they're ready, if they're growing, it lets you do, uh, it acts as a wireless controller. Mm -hmm. Um, it gives you a lot more security stuff that really is buzzword compliant, but not really that, uh, in interesting to a lot of end users though. Mm -hmm. Um, but one thing that Sophos does do is they provide you with battle cards. Um, if you are a partner, they give you marketing, you know, stuff and Gartner reports, which show, hey, look, you know, independent studies have shown we're better. Take a look. Mm -hmm. And they break it down exactly how. Okay. So, yep. what, what VPN platform do they use? Their Open own? SSL for one. Open SSL? Yep. Okay. Open, Open VPN. Open, Open VPN. VPN. Their, their SSL VPN is built on Open VPN. Um, but they have IPsec VPN. They uh, support PP, PPT, uh, PPTP, uh, L2TP, all the mm -hmm. popular stuff. And they can pretty much interoperate with anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty nice. And they have their own proprietary little device here, which I'm a fan of here. Man, this is becoming a Sophos commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get Dave to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, they have something here. You see is it's got five ports. Uh -huh. This is the, the entry-level model. This is an older one. But it's got one wide area network port and four LAN ports. Mm -hmm. This is ideal for a small office or a home office. Mm -hmm. You send this out to the person's home office. They plug in the WAN port to their cable modem or their DSL modem. Right. Plug in the LAN port to their wireless adapter or their laptop or desktop right into this connection. Right. And boom, they're in the office. Oh, that's nice. So you don't have to set up like well, you're setting up a point-to-point -point VPN without having to have a static IP. Bingo. Bingo. Oh, yep. that's great. And you don't even need a static IP at the home office. Mm -hmm. You can connect via dynamic DNS hostname to a UTM. Oh, so nice. it is pretty slick. It is pretty slick. So as it happens too, if you're when you sign up as a partner, they give you a discount. You can get a bunch of their equipment for real cheap. Mm -hmm. Pretty sure they still have that. Um, but if you are looking when you get started, um, I have a backlog of some inventory. Mm -hmm. So I might be able to also make you a deal you know, to, to get you going. So. <laughs> Let's make a deal. <laughs> Let's make a deal. Because a lot of this is just sitting here and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So. But anyway, it's 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 a good platform. They've got a good company. Um, you know, I like the people that I've had to work with there too, and that's important. Mm -hmm. um, when you know when you need something done, 
then it's nice to have a, a direct contact with someone, you know, phone and an email. And I can say, hey, because when my distributor was saying, uh, what do you want us to do? I called the MSP <laughs> rep at Sophos. And I was like, dude, here's the problem I'm having. Can you please make this go away? Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't heard back because I haven't checked my email since I started recording with you, but I'm confident that he will make that problem go away. <laughs> well, cool. And and the UTM, that's yep. the... So you can control all these firewalls from one place? Yes. Okay. If you are using the UTM platform, they have something called the SUM, the Sophos UTM Manager, mm-hmm. which allows you to centrally managerize these. Uh, ma- managerize. Managerize. Manage, <laughs> manage these. <laughs> if you are on their newer, well, newer XG platform, uh, they have a different, uh, I think it's called the uh, Sophos Firewall Manager. I forget. Mm-hmm. We have not yet moved our clients over we're because it's um yeah and again apologies this is becoming a super techie so the first half of this episode was for the average user and the second half (laughs) is for our techie friends um uh, the sophos firewall line was formerly known as astaro it was a separate german company and astaro had a bunch of open source components and some people took those and started their own company called CyberRoam. Mm-hmm. So they forked it. So there was the Astaro platform, and then there was the CyberRoam platform. Mm-hmm. The Astaro platform branched and got acquired by Sophos and continued to be developed. The CyberRoam branch continued to be developed as their own. Now what they've been doing over the last couple of years, Sophos acquired CyberRoam. So mm-hmm. they've been merging them back in. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, what I was hoping for, and I was kind of led to believe what was going to happen, was that the UTM platform would be the base, and the CyberRoam features would be added on top of it. Okay. Apparently, the reverse turned out to be true. So mm-hmm. what you have now really is more of a CyberRoam product mm-hmm. with the Sophos features being added back into it. Okay. And uh, full disclosure, I think the first release of that was absolutely terrible. Uh huh. Uh, and I refused to, I went through the basic training and I was like, we're not going to use this because it's missing so many features. Yeah. Uh, the second version, which came out in 2016, um, I, I dubbed, I said that, uh, their code name should have been the apology <laughs> <laughs> because it has a lot of those missing features back in. And um, I'm planning on going out to the partner conference in a couple of months out in Vegas and uh, getting the first looks at uh, version 17. Okay, okay. When is that? How do April, I find that? Uh, April 24th, I believe. Let's see. April 24th. That's a Monday. You sure? Um, I mean, it's the 25th then. I'm probably flying out on Monday night, though, on the 24th, I think. So it's the 25th through the 27th. And if you are registered as a Sophos partner, you should have received an invitation. I am a Sophos partner, but I'm probably a black sheep because I have not done had anything not, active. I hadn't yet with with um, uh, with Sophos at the time, but I had been an Astaro partner. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they could like I had just barely signed up with them. I was like, okay. Um, so I did, and uh, it's 
generally been very informative. It's you, know, you get a lot of good uh, first you know first looks at things. Mm-hmm. Of course, me living about 20 minutes south of their U.S. headquarters, mm-hmm. I can pretty much go up there and have lunch with the product managers and the developers anytime I want. Nice. So it's not that big a deal, but it's just a good excuse to get to a warmer climate for a few days. <laughs> so. Well, cool. Yeah, I see here. I've got something from Sophos, but yeah, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna schedule to go there as well, unless you don't want me to go there and I destroy your party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like, like fun. Yeah. <laughs> what well, we can even record a podcast there. We'll do a follow-up Sofo. That Sofos sounds like firewall. a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah, like we can give it like breaking news. This is where where security is going. This Boom. is where security is <laughs> going. Okay. Sounds like that's right. And you can buy me those um, a plethora of beers to make up for the cost of shipping that uh, that, that horrifically expensive <laughs> server to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, drinks are on, Adam. Everybody, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool. We had some listeners join us there. We think that would be kind of cool. We we probably could we could I'm sure we can I can think of several listeners who could be there mm-hmm. I don't know if any of them really will <laughs> yeah <laughs> well we've talked a little bit about security and you know actually I didn't feel bad about uh, talking about IT today because I felt like uh, giving today and I you know what can we give we got IT experts <laughs> but. Have we you can give knowledge? Give knowledge. So I'm looking at a website called map.norsecorp.com. I sent you a link in Google oh. Chat. Have yeah, you seen that guys, before? Are those the guys who were uh, faking all kinds of uh, threat analysts? And didn't they die off a few months ago? Well, maybe they did. I, I never heard of it until uh, my business coach yeah. sent it to me. But he probably do- he doesn't know IT, so he's like, "Have you yeah. heard this?" I'm like, "It's all fake. <laughs> yeah. It's all fake." Yeah, looks fun yeah. though. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks great. All these attacks launching. Yeah, it's it's it looks like a game of uh, missile command or uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Let's a- play global thermonuclear war. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to play a game? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I'm pretty sure that these are. Yeah, these are the guys. Um, we'll double check, but uh, Brian Krebs, I think, broke the story on them. How they're just basically complete scammers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. But it does I, look like a fun game. Looks fun, and you know, I was what I, I was looking at it, and they were like the this network, you know, the Norse Superior Attack Intelligence. I'm like, oh, great. Is this built into my computer? Am I supporting this? <laughs> Yeah, in my in my chipset from Sandy Intel. <laughs> but good to know that's a fake because it looked fun. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to release uh, our conference, the Cybersecurity Conference. Yeah. yeah, that should be an episode. Do it sooner rather than later before it's yeah. irrelevant. Yeah, so I'm going to release today's podcast today, and I, I, I think I'll release it midweek next week. How about that? We'll have a midweek uh, release. I don't think anyone will notice. <laughs> sure they will. They've got an iPhone app. It'll tell them. <laughs> Bing! Hey, Bing. podcast available. Wonderful. They must be going on vacation. No, it's a two-for-week. Week. That's right. So did you want to talk about other technology trends and stuff? Because, you know, for me these days, I'm pretty much focused in the security trending stuff. 
And that is mostly what we discussed on that. Contrary mm-hmm. to what you may think, dear listener, we don't always talk about tranquilizing bees and bears to get their honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I tell you, Tim had me in stitches last week. <laughs> yeah, you were you were a little punchy, <laughs> dude. It could it hurt to laugh? It was that good. <laughs> I well, just hope that listeners found it as entertaining. Yeah. So, so we we're actually running sh- a little short on time, but why don't we both pick a trend? Because you are now enterprise centric, and mm-hmm. and I'm still in the MSP centric, yep. and and I'll I'll bring up one thing that I see as a trend that's occurring, yep. and and that is that and and our listeners could benefit from this as well uh, a lot of IT companies used to host and still host exchange for, <laughs> s- for small businesses I had one yeah one I- <laughs> it cleared up yeah I actually have one ho or one client as well that they're still doing their own SBS 2011 exchange server and I uh, I am building up the project plan for migrating them to Office 365. Yep. But so a lot of IT companies made decent money on hosted Exchange. You know, they provided the Exchange server. Their clients were part of their Exchange, and uh, at one time there was there was value in that. So mm-hmm. there was. I mean, it, it wasn't like they were cheating them i mean but they made a lot of it companies made a lot of money on hosted exchange five six years ago yeah uh, until office 365 came on the scene where you could get exchange for pennies on the dollar practically you know yeah you can get in a hosted exchange for or you can get office 365 for five dollars a user so you got five users you're paying $25 a month now for those five users for the ba- you know basic email and exchange. It doesn't make sense to host that with an IT company anymore. So at the same time, it doesn't make sense for an IT company to keep offering that service, which is dying. You know, who moved the cheese? Microsoft right. did. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they weren't, you know, they weren't the first ones to start hosting exchange. But, you know, one would hope that, Microsoft has the most expertise when it comes to hosting Microsoft Exchange server. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I tell you though, like one thing I do not miss at all is hosting email. No. And even reselling hosting email, you know, email hosting can be a serious pain. When things mm-hmm. don't work, it's just it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. So, hosting services like that, you know, like customer facing services is not something I enjoy. Um, we do it on a little, you know, a limited basis, but it's not our priority. It's just it's just not fun. Cuz even if you're reselling stuff, you know, we were uh, we we resold several different exchange providers and email providers over the years, and you get stuck uh, as the middleman if there are major problems. Yeah. You know, they're like, "Oh, okay, the service is down." So all you can do is be there to hold your customer's hand and say, "Yeah, it's down. We're sorry." We <laughs> they're are, there. We are, yeah, we're griping very loudly to get it back up in line, but you know, we we can't. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's your own server that's down, you know, you can say, "I'm sorry, we're working very fast to get it back up and running ourselves." But mm-hmm. you know, and and every minute I spend telling you this is a minute I am not spending fixing the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That was back in my early days when I was mm-hmm. like, you know, the one man show. So um, 
but yeah, it kind of, uh, yeah, kind of sucks. When it, so. it always made me nervous too, because the exchange information store is this magic database box that I cannot touch. Uh, <laughs> so yep. the database, it has to be backed up in specific ways with specific agents that allow for you to touch into it. And that all, that liability making sure that somebody's information store was available, restorable. I don't want to lose a single email kind of status always made me super nervous. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, yeah. And I don't want to lose a single email. I can't afford to ever lose anything, but I only want to pay $10 a month. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any yeah. idea how much an agent costs just to back this thing up? Yeah. Disconnect there. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and so so the trend is definitely that Office 365 is going to is emerging as a better better all the way around. Better for us as IT, we don't have to maintain infrastructure it keeps working microsoft's running the back end for us it just automatically keeps doing what it's doing and they have they have decent support i mean we could we could fight that out i mean depending on how far you wanted to go with it but when we every time that we've called office 365 and it's been a problem that microsoft caused they fixed it you know mm-hmm. which is which is nice. I mean, because mm-hmm. now I'm not doing it. Uh, we've had users create problems, and Microsoft still helped us fix it, like users deleting security groups <laughs> that were important <laughs> for the Active Directory. So Google, you know, Google Apps is kind of the competition to Office 365, yes. but Office definitely has an advantage, and they offer equal email service. Um, I the I love the Google Mail. I love the calendaring, the the collaboration, but mm-hmm. you do not get a copy of Office on your computer as a result of having Google right. apps. Which, I mean, you get something that that Microsoft is uniquely positioned to offer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I can do all my documents in Google Docs or Drive or Sheets, you know, and I I live there and I can do that, but I'm not a regular user. A regular user, they can't. It's very difficult to reprogram them to not use their local Word program, right. even yep. as closely as emulated as possible. I mean, yep. I love it, but I can't make you love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yes. Exactly. So, so my my trend there that I say is that Google is stagnant on that part. Because how can they possibly... They can't make another office. Yeah, I mean, you could if they wanted to get into that, but that's not their thing. I mean, their their focus has always been, you know, all cloud all the time. Yeah. So they're not really looking... Although, that said, they do make a certain number of desktop apps. Mm -hmm. And uh, But for them to do that, I can't... I can't say I can't imagine them starting from scratch, but I could. I, it's Google. I could imagine that. <laughs> yeah. um, I just at this point I can't imagine why they would want to. But that said, I've used the Office Online stuff, the three, you know, 365 online offerings uh, from time to time, and they're really nice. I'm kind of surprised that they're much more polished than the Google Apps suite. 
You know, yeah. They feel like a robust, mature application. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, on those um, uh, rare occurrences when they're not all that, uh, you know, fully fleshed out, the, that's when you have the actual desktop app. Yeah. You know? So uh, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty happy with Office 365. It's, it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do. I do like it. Yeah. So. Well, cool. So what's yours? Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! I don't know. Big trends. <laughs> so it's, it's as much as I am working in the enterprise. It's kind of funny because uh, I am seeing in my enterprise customers a lot of like lagging behind. Mm-hmm. There's there's some stuff because the of government regulation that they are doing that smaller companies are not doing. Yeah. Um, but there's also a lot that they're not doing because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really kind of surprising some days. I was like, wait, wait, we don't have blah? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, you know, I put this in at, uh, you know, my customers are like 10 people in an office. And, you know, this is a 10,000 person organization and they don't have that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but one thing what I'm seeing is, uh, I, and I, I mentioned this, you'll hear it again in, uh, when you re-release the, the podcast. Um is uh, I'm seeing more compartmentalization and isolation. So uh, cloud is really just uh, a, a cloud can mean anything, right? <laughs> Your definition of cloud may not match up with my definition of cloud. Mm-hmm. So when I see, you know, I hear people a few years ago that was all the thing like, we need to go into the cloud. We need to move. Should we be looking at cloud? Yeah. And I was just like, yes, look at cloud. Let me go tell tell me if it's a Nimbus or a Stratus or you know what kind of cloud that is. Cumulonimbus. Cumulonimbus cloud. <laughs> so, um, anyway, what uh, we're seeing though is virtualization is still running rampant, and I would say most cloud instances, most you know when you when you hear cloud, it's a virtual server uh, hosted not on your network. Mm -hmm. right not on your place so um, we are continuing to move clients and our own infrastructure to amazon web services for instance Mm -hmm. and uh uh like there's more it's rather than servers Mm-hmm. So rather than saying, you know, like I need a new server to run my new HR database, we're seeing more software as a service where you'll say, okay, well, you can buy from us this HR database as a service. Yeah. You don't need to worry about buying Microsoft Windows licenses. You don't need to handle the backups. You don't need to do, you know, you tell us the number of users, you pay us this much per month. We take care of everything else. Mm -hmm. And assuming you have the right business agreements and server service level agreements in place, it can be really cool. Yeah. You know, because you leave tons and tons of headaches behind. So, um, you know, that's one thing where we continue to see is more people are going virtual, more people are going to the cloud. And um, that's probably the biggest trend that I'm continuing to see. It's nothing new. Mm -hmm. Um, But then speaking strictly from a security standpoint, 
they are, um, you know, we're seeing, uh, again, we'll, we talked about this in the, um, the, the roundtable last week, more isolation and control of access, control mm-hmm. of access rights. Uh, and in a small business, and even not so small business, owners and executives just often cannot understand why, if they're at the top of the org chart, they should not have complete un- unfettered access to everything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, no, it's, it's you, you know, I just heard uh, that New Hampshire is likely to um, remove the uh, ban on carrying concealed weapons. Okay. In New Hampshire, right? So it will soon be legal. Now, New Hampshire is an open carry state. Anybody can walk around with a gun on their hip. As long as it can be seen, that's totally cool and totally yeah. legal. You don't need a permit. Soon you will be able to keep it hidden on your pocket, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, you know, concealed. Okay, wonderful. So you will be able to do that. You will be able to carry it open. Okay, I don't recommend just because you can that you carry a revolver with one round in the chamber cocked and the safety off waving it around at people yeah just because you can right you know that (laughs) that is excessive that's irresponsible (laughs) and the problem of having too much you know data too much access rights on a network on a computer system it's the same thing Mm -hmm. you can you know literally blow away an entire system and cost yourself a lot of time and money if you don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. so really restricting your own permissions to stuff on a voluntary basis is huge yeah. Uh, I'm doing it right now. Um, we're moving to back to my old ticketing system, mm-hmm. um, moving from uh, from Autotask back to uh, RT, and oh, I'm loving it so far. Uh, <laughs> but I made myself an account, and I have I do have more rights than any of my staff and any of my contractors, but I do not have full root permissions mm-hmm. over everything. Um, so I could still shoot myself in the foot, but I'm likely only going to like take off uh, pinky toe if I did. Yeah. Right. As opposed to like pointing a plasma ejector at my leg and boom, <laughs> taking the whole thing completely off, yeah. which I could if I had full unrestricted rights to the system. So, you know, here I am. I'm a boss. I've been a system administrator and an IT guy for well over 20 years right now. And I don't run around with full admin rights. Neither should you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's our public service message for the day. <laughs> well, very good. Well, um, I think we have completed our hour this Friday I think, afternoon. I think we made it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we've rambled a little bit. Hopefully you got some value out of this. If mm-hmm. you want to find out more, if you want to see what Adam's uh, pocket door looks like, you can check out the show notes. I sent it to you, that, that picture there. I got it. Um, more info is available at blurringthelinespodcast.com. Um, we have a Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash blurringthelines podcast i think <laughs> yep i forget i haven't been there for a little while i confess <laughs> um so lots of uh, fun information can be had there and um yeah check us out shoot us an email if you like you can find us all of our contact information is up on the website so if you want more information there look us up we're, we're not that hard to find yep if you can hear this show 
one step ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, snow days. Snow days. <laughs> uh, better than snow dens. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, then you have a good weekend, Peter. You too. Have a wonderful weekend. I will talk to you and you, dear listener, next yeah. week. Yes, sir. Time for the big red big red. <laughs> to contact either us or our guests, visit blurringthelinespodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.